The nail in the coffin! It's the nail in the coffin. It's episode number 91. I'm Tom. He's Travis. We're recording on Wednesday night, less than 24 hours before the Indians begin their uh, once every 10 years division series rivalry with the Yankees once again. Trav, are you ready to go? I am. I'm ready. Are you, my man? I, uh, I'm i locked in. I'm feeling good about it. Um, But uh, yeah, so we had 97, 2007. And uh, here we go again in 2017. Do you have a favorite memory from the last two times these teams have met in the division series? Uh, it's got to be the Midges. No question. So, 07. And uh, tomorrow night, as we get into game one of this series, that'll be the 10-year anniversary of uh, Jabba getting uh, eaten alive by the Midges. I was watching some uh, footage of that today on, at my uh, lunch break, and I'd kind of forgotten about it. Uh, well, not it's that... pretty hysterical to think what 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 an Im- I mean, who knows if it was the sole uh, factor, but it had a pretty damn big impact. Well, yeah, that's what I, I didn't forget about the midges doing that to Jabba Chamberlain, but what I did forget about was Carmona absolutely getting swarmed just as bad and not batting an eye at all, and just mowing through the Yankees. And what an awesome performance he had! Yeah, that's a that's a blast from the past. I believe he goes by what. Roberto Hernandez now. He's Fausto Carmona to us. Fausto. He'll always be Fausto. He'll always be Fausto. But um, I I, uh, I am always going to remember 97 when uh, I believe it was off of Mariano Rivera in the eighth inning. Tribe was trailing in game four, two to one, and Sandy Alomar cranked the home run to right field, and it just cleared the wall, and Paul O'Neill was on the warning track and slammed his glove down on the track and was, like, stomping around pounding and throwing a temper tantrum and that uh, turned the whole series around. So anytime you can get a Paul O'Neill temper tantrum, that always makes my day. Can't argue with that. <laughs> he was on the, uh, the, he made the Seinfeld cameo, right? Was it Paul O'Neill? Oh yeah. He was the one with the, uh, with the little kid who he had to hit two with the two home runs. runs. Yes. I was thinking of when George was teaching batting practice to Jeter <laughs> and, Bernie Williams. Bernie Williams, right. We won the World Series. <laughs> six, yeah, games. six games. <laughs> How Costanza. Oh, well, if the Indians want to win the World Series this year, they got to start by going through the Yankees. Um, and I guess probably the best place to start with this is the thing that's kind of generated the most buzz over the last 24 hours, the decision to start Trevor Bauer on the mound in game one tomorrow night. What did you make of that decision? We got Kluber going in game two, uh, Carrasco game three, and allegedly Tomlin in game four, although we'll get to that in a minute. Um, what what do you think about going Trevor Bauer in game one? Uh, it definitely goes against conventional wisdom. I don't think it's what anybody expected. I think when you look at the the numbers, and I think the and it's it's an even larger number than I expected, but I think the, what is it, winner of game one goes on to win the series, like 72, 74% of the time, something crazy like that. So it's a huge number. Um, I think more than um, in later series for sure, obviously, where there's seven games in any sort of like NBA series. I think that game one of the DS is a bigger, more meaningful game than probably any other game one in sports. So it's sort of sort of weird that you wouldn't want to trot your 
ace out there to try and uh, get get out in front of it right off the bat. I think that's what everybody expected to see. Um, but that said, uh, I tend to I tend to side on side with Terry Francona whenever uh, whenever I have questions about anything. If it's what Terry would do, that's what I would probably also do. I think um, he has earned the benefit of the doubt with us. Exactly, exactly. I think this is a guy who knows the team better than anybody else. So if he thinks that's the best decision, then who are we to say otherwise? Yeah, that that's the thing is it's not just him knowing more baseball than either of us put together will know in our lifetime, but the fact that he's with these guys every single day and is privy to way more information uh, than we have and, and just knowing his team. Um, again, I, I'm with you in that it's kind of a strange move. It makes me nervous. I keep running through these uh, scenarios in my mind where you could possibly be facing elimination uh, down two to one in a series game four at Yankee Stadium with the short right field porch and your choices being either Josh Tomlin or Trevor Bauer on short rest. Um, but I mean, the good thing is, like you said, game one is is so huge and it's such a short series, but you gotta feel like if if the Indians can win game one, uh, they're really set up the rest of the way because at that point you've got one in the bank and you know you're gonna have Kluber for two starts at home after that. Yeah, that's the thing is if you get past game one, yeah, you gotta love your where your position you're sitting in, but if you don't win game one you suddenly look around like, well, why the hell didn't we throw Kluber? Um, so it's one of those decisions that, yeah, if it works out, great. But that's how all, I mean, isn't that how all, you know, questionable decisions go? If they end up working out, it was the right one. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. So, I mean, from that standpoint, yeah, it's fine. I'm not, I'm not freaking out about it too much. I sort of expected, I mean, if you were going conventional wisdom, you would say Kluber one, Carrasco two, Bauer three. I personally expected Bauer to be pitching game two and Carrasco game three, just because I think um, Bauer sort of has a tendency and we've, we've talked about it before and everybody has, he sort of has a tendency to get maybe a little, a little revved up and let his emotions get the best of him. So I think keeping him in that home environment is probably part of Tito's thinking. Um, But moving him up to game one, I didn't really get, uh, but again, like I said, he knows him better than we do, so I'm not going to worry too much about it. Uh, I'm just kind of ready to get going, I think. Yeah, and, and the other thing I was going to say, just even more broadly speaking with the pitching staff, I mean, we saw he basically reinvented things on, on the fly last year with how you handle a pitching staff in the postseason, especially the bullpen. I mean, we saw Andrew Miller was head and shoulders the Indians' best reliever last year, and he did not really use him in many save situations. It was always... Let's deploy him in the in the middle of the late innings in the you know highest leverage situation of the game, and uh, you know maybe that this is kind of his version of that for this year with doing something really unconventional to you know maximize the the talents that he's got available. I mean the one thing you got to feel great about is you just look at the pitchers that the Indians have at their disposal this year versus last year. I mean they really have six starters I, I think that they could go with because you've got the four guys that are slated to start the first four games of the series and then you've got Clevenger and Salazar coming out of the bullpen and I have a feeling that outside of Kluber uh, you're going to see a really short leash with the other pitchers 
because I think you can, you know, get into a situation where, you know, you never have to have the opposing team see a starter three times through the lineup. You know, you, you could basically deploy two starters per game in those other games. Like maybe Bauer goes three or four innings and then Salazar comes in for two innings or something. Um, you could do the same thing with Clevenger and Tomlin in, in game four. Yeah. And I sort of, I floated that idea when we, I don't know that it was officially announced, but we started to hear kind of rumblings that uh, Tomlin was going to start game four. Clevenger was going to be in the bullpen. Um, I sort of floated the idea out there. I fully expect like Tomlin to give you three innings. Maybe you get a couple from Salazar. Maybe you get a couple from Clevenger. I think that's going to be the, the, the trick is not letting um, a guy like Tomlin. That's, that's trouble in New York. Obviously he has, um, he, he's, he, he pitches for contact, right? Guys hit him a lot. He gives up a lot of home runs in general. Um, so I think sort of the trick with him is just going to be, let him give you a couple innings. You've got several guys in your bullpen that have really good stuff can come in and give you a couple innings as well. And you can kind of, you know, stretch them into a couple, uh, basically use three guys to give, you know, seven innings combined and not necessarily worry about, uh, your guys coming in to give you a couple batters here and a couple batters there. Like you're used to seeing with, with bullpen guys. Are you surprised they're announcing Tomlin as the fourth starter? I was, but I'm not, not really. Uh, I think with what he gave you last year, uh, Tito, I don't know. He feels some sort, I don't know if he feels loyalty to him, but he probably has a little more trust in him than, than most of us would because he's seen him do it. Um, he obviously pitched really well during the playoffs for the most part last year. And he had a great start at Wrigley in the world series. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think like, and he's not the kind of guy that you see coming in and doing that very often, but he was a guy that handled the pressure incredibly well. So Tito's comfortable with him. That's what he's going to do. But like you said, I think his leash is going to be incredibly short. Yeah. I just, I mean, I like the fact that, they're going to have Clevenger available and ready to go. And I think he's certainly going to play a big role in this series, but I mean, I'm just kind of looking at the stats for both of those guys this year and outside of Clevenger giving up a lot more walks, just everything else across the board. It seemed like he, he had a better year than Tomlin and I know he's a younger guy, but I mean, he's, he's had a great year and, and I just, I don't know. I was a little surprised, but you know. I mean, yeah, all the numbers say that it should be Clevenger. Um, and I think probably up until a couple of weeks ago, we all sort of assumed that's what it was going to be. Right. Um, just because he was pitching incredibly well um, and seemed to just be getting better as the season went on. So beyond that, it's hard for me to – do you ever feel like I'm questioning this guy who just literally knows – a billion times more than I'll ever know about baseball. And he sees these guys every day. Right. Like, yeah, I know. It, it's we, it's we, why I'm always like hesitant. To, it's like clearly nobody here, neither you nor I are saying like, we know things better than Terry Francona, obviously. It, it, you know, it's it, more it, just trying to figure out what the logic might be. I think. Right. I'm right. not necessarily saying it's the wrong decision. I'm just simply saying, I don't understand the decision. Um, but there are 
tons of things about baseball that Terry Francona understands that I never will. So, um, yeah, from that, from that, uh, aspect, I think we kind of just have to say, Hey, this guy, he's earned, obviously, like you said, he's earned the benefit of the doubt. There's not a whole lot I'm going to tell him, or I'm going to know that's, that's, any more valuable than anything he knows. There is a reason that he will be wearing the pullover and uh, chewing the bubble gum with uh, sunflower seeds mixed in in the dugout tomorrow night, and I'll be sitting back on my recliner in the basement uh, cracking open a beer. There you go. <laughs> I'm with you. You know, I mean, and it's he has such a way about him too. I think that he can just say it, and you're just like, God, none of th- nothing about that makes sense. But I've seen what he's done in the past, so in a way he can almost do no wrong. Did you listen to the road tripping podcast from the other day? That I did not. They they had him on. Did you hear anything about no it? Way. Yeah. No, I didn't even see it. Oh, it was really good. So it was the road tripping crew, uh, RJ, um, Channing Fry, Allie Clifton. And, uh, they also had Andre Knott and, uh, Tito, on, and I think it was after they had that weekday afternoon game. What was that, last Thursday? And uh, I guess some of those guys, uh, the, the, the Cavs guys, had come over there, and they actually did it from the ballpark after the game. And just listening to Terry Francona, it was it was super interesting. And I, if, if anybody listening to us hasn't heard that one yet, I would seriously recommend going and checking it out. He told some great stories. I didn't realize he was Michael Jordan's manager in the minors. I didn't realize that either. No, and my favorite part—I don't want—I'm not going to give the whole thing away. But my favorite part was he said Michael Jordan basically paid for Terry Francona's basement at his house because of uh, all the bets that uh, Tito won off of him during the season. <laughs> uh, that's funny. No, that's that's. There's got to be some fantastic stories from that. Oh, it was it was good. Like when he got kidnapped by those aliens. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that must have gotten left on the cutting room floor, but uh, nevertheless. Um, speaking of uh, decision-making, what did you make of the decision we just heard about an hour ago or so that the Yankees are starting Sonny Gray in Game 1 and Sabathia in Game 2? Um, I didn't think a whole lot of it, honestly. Um, I knew that uh, Severino was sort of the race. I honestly don't haven't paid too much attention to what gray has done since he got to new york he obviously uh i believe it was right around the beginning of august so he hasn't been there that long um i i guess i didn't really know what to expect i didn't know who who we would expect to be in that that i guess technically it's their second starter um because severino is obviously their one um i didn't know who we should expect to be in that spot so when i saw it i said okay that's fine whatever i don't really I don't really feel strong in one way or another. What about you? Well, I will say I'm really surprised that we're not seeing Severino in one of the first two games. Um, I know he looked pretty rattled last night in the wild card game. And yeah, but he only threw like 30 pitches. That's the thing. Was I was thinking, okay, he threw about, I think, 25 or 30 pitches. So he is going to have a fresh arm uh, definitely by game two. Uh, he's got the postseason jitters out of his system now, and he's their best starter. He's been their best starter all year. He went one and one against the Indians this year. Uh, the uh, we beat him in New York, but uh, he threw an awesome game against the Indians in Cleveland. I think it was in the beginning of August. 
So that was the one guy I did not want to have to see twice in this series. So the fact that he's not going to be going probably until game three, I think is huge. Um, Sonny Gray, Indians actually saw him three times this year, which is pretty rare when it's somebody who's not in your division, but he, you know, he pitched against the Indians twice with Oakland this year. And then once with the Yankees and both the starts that he had in Cleveland this year were not very good. So that's a reason, I guess, if you're an Indians fan to be kind of optimistic. And I don't think CC faced the Indians at all this year. So, um, I actually, I was, I was from the Indians perspective, I felt pretty good about the way the Yankees set up their rotation. Yeah. I mean, I'll take it. I think, um, the the best thing to come from yesterday, obviously, it they have used it to delay Severino, obviously, and not pitch him more. Um, by p- having to pitch him yesterday, they're not going to be able to pitch him two games. I think that's probably the biggest thing is starters, I feel like they always have weird, like, routines. So Severino went through his routine yesterday for a start. They didn't want to have him doing it two or three days later, regardless of how fresh his arm might be. Um, because he is a young guy and a lot of times those things can, can actually matter when to you and I, we may not realize how much they actually matter. Um, but beyond that, their bullpen got worn out early yesterday. That's Um, a big deal because their bullpen is is really good. There's a couple guys that threw 50, 40, 50 pitches yesterday that aren't, you wouldn't think will be available tomorrow. Right. Um, so that's, that's a big deal because yeah, they're, their bullpen's way better than their starters are. Yeah. Yeah, their bullpen, the Yankee bullpen, is every bit as good as the Indians' bullpen, if not better, which is kind of crazy to think about, considering that we have Andrew Miller. But uh, you, you look up and down, and I mean, I think that really kind of showed up last night. I mean, it saved their season. I mean, the, the, the Twins put up three in the first inning, and I think they had two guys in scoring position with one out, and or no, two outs of the inning, but still, I mean, it was, uh, or no, it was just one out. Anyway, yeah, it was just one they out. were, they were on the verge of completely blowing that game open and, and the Yankees got out of that jam in the first and I think gave up one run the entire rest of the night. And that was a, a, a tremendous performance. So, um, yeah, they had to throw a lot of pitches to do it, but they're, they're tough. So it would behoove the Indians, uh, tomorrow night and for however long the series goes to jump on them early, jump on them early and often. So, um, couple thoughts I had about the Yankees lineup. Um, that's another really dangerous group. I mean, I, I just, the Yankees in general, I mean, I know there's always the history and, and, you know, the tradition of the Yankees and all that, but it's a lot of uh, new faces, a lot of new names, Aaron judge, obviously, uh, big time bat, I didn't realize he's batting second in their lineup. Guy had like 50 home runs this year, and he's batting second, which is crazy. That's a little weird. Yeah, but I mean, they got they got a few boppers in the middle of their order. I mean, Gregorius is is tough. Gary Sanchez is tough. I think uh, Greg Bird is I didn't even heard of before last night. He even I went and looked this up because I heard somebody mention something in passing during that game before I started to doze off within like the third inning, even though the game had been going on for two hours. 45 um, minute first inning. Oh, it was, it was absurd. Insane. But uh, even that uh, Greg bird hit like six home runs in September. So it, uh you're going to need guys that, from the Indians pitching staff that can keep the ball in the yard. I think. Yeah. And that's, that's, I think sort of where the, the Tomlin move becomes questioned the most. Um, 
because he does give up a lot of fly balls and he gives up a lot of home runs. But um, I don't know. I'm I'm sort of at a point where I don't really know what to expect because we've seen Judge have some peaks and valleys this year, um, and it almost seems like the team goes as he goes. Um, so if you can, I think if you can make sure you're not giving up. Um, essentially, they're probably going to get a couple homers off you. Make sure there aren't guys on when they do it. Yeah. Um, and I think that's 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 probably, uh, you know, the primary order for the the pitchers is make sure you limit the damage. You're going to miss occasionally, and they're going to take advantage of it occasionally. Just make sure uh, that the damage isn't any worse than it needs to be. Yeah. Let's uh, let's talk about the Indians lineup a little bit. Yeah, uh, they can it... do a little bit of damage. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, again, a situation where they got. Uh, kind of like with the starting pitching staff, they got a lot of guys and, and a lot of a lot of options here and, and a lot of different ways they could go. I don't think personally there is anything too surprising with the position players they decided to put on the roster for this round of the playoffs. Anything jump out at you? I was surprised the one with Gonzalez. Okay. Um, I sort of expected Yanni to be on there. Um, they went with Gonzalez instead. Not a big deal. We know that generally Tito likes to have those utility guys. Um, not going to name any names, but there was one that might have bitch in the ass last year because you needed a big hit and you had this fucking stiff as the only guy left on your bench. Not that I'm still bitter or anything. No, we're not going to um, mention Michael Martinez no, by name. No, no not at all. <laughs> um, so I guess he sort of fits that mold and Tito is historically like to have one of those guys. So from that standpoint, it's fine. Um, some people were surprised by Brantley. I was not. Um, Got to tell you, speaking of him, um, Saturday night down there, Indians only had like three Trump hits. Loved him. Yeah, that Trump that loved him. it was it was awesome. That that was that was one of the the great at bats I've seen this year. He got down early, fell off about seven or eight pitches, and then roped the the hit to right field, and uh, crowd uh, let him hear it too. That, that was great. So much deserved. Much deserved. I'm, I'm, I don't know. I'm, I don't want to be like a homer or like the sentimental guy, but it, it, it's nice to see a guy who has gone through everything he's gone through, has worked really hard. And I mean, you could, I'm sure last year it, it crushed him that he couldn't be a part of it. And near the end of this season where it looked like he might not be a part of it again, he worked really hard, came back, got himself into shape and he is going to get to be there. Um, it was off to a great start first half of the year too. Yeah. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, obviously, he was rehabbing a lot in the offseason. Then to get hurt again, you're like, Jesus, this guy just can't catch a break. Um, so it's nice to see that he finally did. Um, and you just have to hope that, you know, he rewards you for it. Because um, I think a lot of people were saying, like, you know, he doesn't, he shouldn't be on there. He hasn't been around for a while, blah, 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 whatever. I, I don't really care. I think he's one of those guys that, um, I don't know, I trust implicitly that, uh, if put if put in a spot where you need something big out of Michael Brantley, uh, I still trust him to deliver, regardless of what uh, what injuries may have come up over the last couple months to keep him out of action. So when they announced the roster for the division series round, it sounded like they're basically setting this up as Brantley's going to be used as a pinch hitter, and they're going to see how things go, and then as the postseason unfolds, they might be expanding his role. Do you expect him, if the Indians can 
make a little bit of a run here and get deeper into the postseason that he ends up becoming a, a position player in the field and not just used for one at bat a game? Yeah, probably. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he's uh, if he's pinched. I, I guess I don't know how. I assume he's 100% um, in everything, and I don't know if that's fair or close enough. Um, I will say this. I don't want... Um, I don't want Jason Kipnis in the outfield late in a game. Um, and that's nothing. I like Jason Kipnis. Watching him throw from the outfield scares the shit out of me. <laughs> um, so plain and simple, if it's, you know, he he's going to be, there's got to be someone that is put in for him as a defensive substitute late in games. It's going to happen. Um, I think Brantley could potentially be that guy, um, provided that he can he can do all that stuff. I don't know if he'll go to center if they'll slide someone else. I'll slide maybe Austin Jackson over to center. Yeah, that's like, what I, I was going to say. Is the, the scenario I could envision because it seems like Austin Jackson is probably going to be in left. Is getting time in left and Kipnis is in center, and then maybe you move Brantley into left field. Brantley and... to left and slide Jackson over to center. It's probably yeah, that, more likely. So... I'm glad you brought up Kipnis, though, because I was kind of thinking about this today. And, you know, his return kind of coincided pretty close to the time that Bradley Zimmer went down with the injury slide into first base. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that opened up a spot in center field. And, you know, the Indians' infield defense clearly got better when they moved Jose Ramirez over to second and mm-hmm. Rochelle at a third. And, um, and, and Kipnis was out of the infield. What what would have happened with Kipnis had Zimmer not gone down? Oh, I don't. Um, I think he probably would have been in there instead of Greg Allen. Um, I don't know that I think that would have been the right move, but I think that's probably what would have happened. Because... Um, yeah, Zimmer would have been out there, obviously, if he yeah, was I just, available. I wonder if they'd have tried to, if they would have just said, "We need his bat in the lineup. We're we're moving him back into the infield. Defense, be damned." Or that's yeah, that's possible too. Yeah, that's um, possible too. But Giovanni Urshela is a guy you have to have at third base, right? I yeah, just, I, I I just I get the feeling that if the Indians get into a late game situation where it's close and they're leading by a run or two, and they need to go to the all defense lineup, that mm-hmm. you're going to see. Greg uh, Allen probably in center. Yeah, you're. Yeah, Kepnes will not be playing in the outfield in in the clutch innings. Right. You know the other guy. That, don't forget here is uh, Lonnie Chisholm. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. He's he was a guy that. I mean, he's had a he had a breakout year. He was really good this year. Um, obviously was down for a while in August. Um, but yeah, it's 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 going to be interesting to see how he uses guys in general. I mean, there's a handful of guys you're just, you look at it and you're like, well, that guy feels like a guy that should get at bats, but who's is he going to take? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Jay Bruce has to stay in the lineup, you know, in right field. I mean, he's got that pretty much locked down. I think at him, this point, yeah, him, same with Austin Jackson. Yeah. Austin been I, I mean, if it were way better than what anybody expected, I was going to say, if it were up to me, I mean, we obviously saw that ridiculous catch he had in center field, in Boston this year, but, um, you know, I, I think he's better defensively than pretty much any other option right now that you have. And he's, you know, like you said, he's, he's hit the ball a lot better than I think anybody would have expected. So, I mean, in theory, he should be getting some at bats here. 
Um, but yeah, other than that, it's you got a lot of guys coming back from injury just in time to make some contributions, and it's it's going to be kind of interesting to see how it shakes out. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you and I both like uh, our, our our good pal Bob Perez behind the plate. Um, oh yeah, oh yeah, big shot Bob. I would guy who, guy who every single home run he's ever hit has come at like a huge moment. It feels like <laughs> he only hit someone they really count. About, yeah, he's only got about seven <laughs> home runs, but all of them were at like huge moments for whatever reason. That's right. So I think uh, Gomes like uh, Kluber likes having Gomes catch right. Yeah. So it'll, it'll definitely be Perez tomorrow. Gomes on Friday, and I'm not sure. I'm not sure about Carrasco. I would guess it'll probably be Perez because I don't know that Carrasco has a real preference. Yeah. yeah. Whew. Uh, so how are you feeling about all this, man? I got a question for you. Yeah, go. What hat is LeBron wearing tomorrow? Oh, he's going with the tribe hat now. He's, he's got it, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. flashbacks yeah, he... of 2007. I, that, that, that's, that was an ill-advised moment from a decade ago. And okay. I don't see how you could show up uh, last year and and become such a, a fun side story to the whole Indians playoff run and, and you know as many playoff games as they were at the World Series game that you know the clip in game seven when they tied the game and they show that box with the India or with the Cavs all up there nuts. and LeBron like swing his arms and flexing and you know yeah. I, I swear to God he came within about three inches of just completely wiping out Kate Bach <laughs> Every time I see that gif pop up on Twitter, I cringe because it just it, it makes me nervous all over again. But yeah, I I, I cannot uh, imagine him showing up wearing Yankee stuff. So and I did see on Twitter that he will be in attendance. Yeah. Um, the team will be. I guess LeBron was giving uh, Jeff Green directions on where to go and like how to get in and everything. So uh, sounds like the whole crowd, the whole uh, whole team's going to be there. So that'll be fun. Oh, like um, directions to a, sp- a specific entrance or something? Because like, like I how I, to get into the game tomorrow? Yeah, I was gonna say I hope he could find the stadium. Yes, the stadium I think <laughs> is not difficult. Um, yeah, go to work and then cross the street. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I think uh, it'll be fun. It should be obviously playoff baseball is. Is there a bigger gap between regular season and playoffs than there is in baseball in any other sport? No, not even close, right? Maybe hockey, but uh, you're you're more into the hockey than I am. Um, but I the I think part of the thing with baseball is it's it's almost two different sports in that you're built for a hundred and sixty two game grind over six months, and then your whole season comes down to you know in, in the case of this series here a best of five, and there are just so many variables and and so much variance and uh the sport itself is just such a crapshoot i mean you could look at that game last saturday that you know clipper pitched and the indians still lost because um the the white Sox got like a broken bat hit here and a seeing eye single there and put across like one extra run than the indians and you know meanwhile the indians hit like four or five you know ropes that just ended up going right at somebody and when you're playing over the course of six months, those things, you know, tend to even themselves out and and the best teams rise to the top. And that doesn't always happen in such a, you know, do or die scenario like the postseason. So yeah, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. And 
if, if it almost feels like a different game though right it's, it's oh yeah different. i mean like, they manage the game a lot differently than any regular season game obviously yeah I mean, we uh, saw that last year with the way the bullpen worked and i think we're obviously going to see it again this year with the way they handle the starters um you know th- there's no way you could do that and 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 write Andrew Miller for two or three innings at a time in back to back games like you would in October. You couldn't there's no way in hell you could do that for six months throughout the year. His arm would fall off by July. But Do uh, you th- do you think we'll see as much Andrew Miller as we did? See that th- no, I don't think I don't, th- either. I don't, I don't think, think so. Because they don't need to. It, right. There's that. And the other thing is you know, since he's come back, I feel like the Indians have been very careful with how much they've used him and giving him rest. Like, I, I'm curious to see him have like a, a 25 or a 30 pitch game and then see, are they willing to come back to him the next night? And if so, for how long? Yeah. And Tyler Olson, obviously, has been incredible. Um Hasn't pitched a ton. Only think I has maybe think maybe has like 20, 20 innings or something under his belt, but hasn't given up a run yet. And he's sort of been um, this that lefty that we didn't really have another dominant lefty in the pen last year, right? Um, other than Miller. So I think having Olson that they can leverage a little bit more. Um, it'll be interesting to see how much Tito trusts sort of the young guys, um, but. Overall, the bullpen was pretty damn strong last year, and I think it's considerably deeper this year than it was last. Yeah, I mean, Tyler Olson's been a huge addition. Joe Smith's a good addition. Um, honestly, between you and me and anybody listening, I'd feel more comfortable running Joe Smith out there than Brian Shaw. I'm sure there are numbers to tell me why that's wrong, but... Um, no, I think that's I think that's pretty... They're I think numbers-wise, they're pretty even. Joe Smith might even be a shade better. Um, but I think Brian Shaw kind of gets a bad rap just because of how much he pitches. When you pitch as much as he does, you're going to have more situations where you blow it. Um, and of course those get remembered and that's what everybody harps on. Um, I think you'll probably see, uh, less Brian Shaw than maybe we were used or accustomed to seeing. Well, all I could tell you is I was not overly thrilled with Brian Shaw, and I know he's good, and, and I know he does a great job, and and he, I should be more trusting of him than I am. But um, I was just looking for a confidence boost, and I was down there last Tuesday, and the Indians had a two-run lead, and he came up and gave, came in and gave up a three-run homer and, and two solid base hits before that. And, just I'm like this is not what I came to see, Brian. But um, I don't know. Uh, good, good bullpen. It's deep. We, we we got good options out there. Um, and yes, that includes Brian Shaw. I know. <laughs> but, uh, uh, yeah. No. I I did you have any surprises in the roster? Anyone that you would have, you know, pulled and liked to see someone else in there? No, no. As a matter of fact, I, I felt very good about what they did with the position players. Um, really, the only surprise to me was uh, how they set up the rotation, which we you know went into in great length so far. But um, other than that, no, I, I felt pretty good about it. Um, you know, the one thing I, I will... Little... S- 
Go ahead. I was a little surprised to not see uh, Goody on there, but I I couldn't really I couldn't really nitpick or come up with anyone that I thought they should have, you know, put him in place of. So from that standpoint, I can't really argue with it. Um, I guess I, all along I just sort of it, it felt like Tito was giving him opportunities and sort of using him in a way that made you think, yeah, this guy's going to be there in the playoffs. So I, I was just a little surprised to see him not on there. Um, but like I said, I don't know who he would have replaced. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the numbers game. When it's a good problem to have, really. I mean, it, you got a lot of qualified guys for you know, pretty much every job on your your roster. So um, it's a great position to have. Um, you know, it kind of leads me into the the one other big point that I wanted to make on this, and it's that I know the Indians right now I think are the odds-on favorite to win the World Series, um, and you know, it was like my dad told me on the phone this morning. He goes, you know, because I told him, like, I'm kind of nervous about this series. He goes, who would you rather be in baseball? Like, what other team would you rather be right now than the Indians? And, I mean, when I thought about it, I'm like, nobody, you know. That's sad. Oh, your dad's going full on Jim Harbaugh, huh? <laughs> yeah. Who's got it better Who's than us? Who's got it better than us? Yeah, that's right. Um, but that's no. I, I actually, I was thinking the same thing. I Not to interrupt you, but I saw someone online today talking about you know the Yankees and how the Yankees are are such a bad matchup for the Indians I was like well the Indians are a bad matchup for everyone too like right it, it, it feels like we're only looking at the other teams that we play are good uh we're also good it's the playoffs every team you play is good that's how they got there yeah uh, so but yeah continue sorry no I was just gonna say I mean 102 wins it was a f- phenomenal regular season um 22 wins in a row that's a once-in-a-lifetime accomplishment um, you know, team's pretty much healthy at this point. You got everything going for you. That all said, I mean, it's like I, I said before, though, baseball is a crapshoot. And, you know, I think our understanding and our, our perception of playoff sports in this town in the last five years or so has been really kind of skewed because our experience has been the Cavs running roughshod over everybody in the Eastern Conference and then the Indians getting into the playoffs last year and doing the same thing through the American League. And especially in baseball, even if you're the best team over the long haul, it's not that easy. So um, as you get ready to, to settle in and watch these games, get the Tums ready. Know that it's going to be stressful. And, you know, if we hit some bumps here and there, it's okay. And maybe I'm saying that to just try to talk myself into it, but... <laughs> um, I still feel like it bears mentioning. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you remember last year, a lot of close games, um, most of them went the Indians way, even, you know, a series that you're up to nothing, like they swept the Red Sox last year. That closeout game was still a little nerve wracking. That was hard. Yeah. Those aren't like even the games when if you lose, you're still in good shape they still don't feel like it when you're watching them. Um, I can remember the one game against the Cubs. I think they won one, nothing. Um, and that was about as stressful a, uh, a game beginning to end as you can be in. Sure. There's going to be some of those. There'll probably be a game where the Indians blow them out and that'll be fun too. Um, there might be one where the Indians are on the other end of it. Um, it's, there's a lot of highs and lows in the base in baseball playoffs. And, and they come quickly because you're playing almost every day. 
Exactly. It's not like exactly. the NBA playoffs where, where you're you getting a, a day off, off and, or, yeah. or two or more between games. So it's uh, it's frenetic. It's uh, it's October. <laughs> yeah, it's fantastic. Uh, it beats the shit out of uh, watching someone else's teams. I'll tell you that. No question. I'd much rather be in it and deal with all that stress than than what we had before uh, Terry Francona was here. Absolutely. Added bonus uh, for us this year is the American League playoffs are on Fox. So we uh, all the grumbling that we did about TBS last year, that's uh, the National League's problem this time. Yeah, no kidding. If you thought, uh, what's his face, Schwarber was annoying. Wait, wait till Aaron Judge. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, that that that's that's a good warning because you know that's coming. But that's going to be nonstop. It's going to be really obnoxious. But he had fifty whatever. home runs though this year, so I kind of feel like he's he's going to be getting the the, the full praise uh, the entire series. I'm sure, but at least it'll feel like. He's earned it more than Schwarber did last year. I don't know. Maybe that's just yeah. me, but yeah, no, you're right. That's for sure. But yeah. A- anyway, but no, I, and I think for the first round, I believe we've got Matt Vasgersian and John Smoltz calling the Indians Yankees series, which is exciting. I, Smoltz is good. Smoltz, Smoltz is good, and he'll be doing the rest of the AL playoffs. But Vasgersian, I don't know. Have you seen the clip of Rajay Davis's home run last year? Uh, yeah. What does he say? Santa Maria. <laughs> yeah, I, well, I saw it earlier this week. Um, that's a hell of a call. I mean, that was an all timer, and it was like exhibit A, B, C, and D as to why he should be calling that for Fox and not the international feed for the World Series instead of Joe Buck. But all right, but uh, yeah, you can't always get what you want. No, you can't. Um, but no, I think. I don't know. I honestly didn't have as big a problem with the TV coverage as everybody else seemed to last year. Um, the Schwarber stuff did get kind of annoying, but other than that, um, it was fine, I guess. I don't I don't really care. Um, but I agree. The TBS coverage in general has been pretty pretty weak. Um, they did replace Pete Rose um, with, with uh, living legend Keith Hernandez. Keith um, Hernandez? That, be, that, <laughs> yeah, cute your Newman. Um, so that'll be interesting. Uh, Our day was ruined. (laughs) That is one magic loogie. Um, but I thought Pete Rose is pretty terrible last year, honestly. So I think that'll be a welcome change. Well, you got Keith Uh, Hernandez and I think that David Ortiz is going to be on the Fox pregame too, right? Is he? Yeah. I I think it's, it's A-Rod and David Ortiz and Keith Hernandez and, uh, I can't remember who's the the guy anchoring. Kevin Burkhart, maybe. Does Ernie Davis not do any baseball stuff? Ernie Johnson? Ernie Johnson, Ernie Davis. Yeah, Ernie Johnson. <laughs> uh, Ernie, Ernie Davis, way out of place. <laughs> um, in another lifetime. But no, uh, uh, Ernie Johnson does the play-by-play for TBS. And, you know, he did the, the ALCS last year. He's going to do the first round. I think he's doing the game that's going on right now, the Diamondbacks Rockies, but I think he's going to do the National League Division Series, but he's not doing the LCS because the NBA starting and he's going to go do studio for the NBA. So they got Brian Anderson, who's like one of the most underrated play-by-play guys in sports right now. So National League catches a break there. There you go. Yeah. Anyway, off on a tangent, but 
Any other thoughts on the uh, the baseball playoffs here before we uh, close up shop? Uh, I don't know. I guess I'm, I'm trying to keep my emotions in check. I don't want to get too high already. Uh, I got to keep even keeled, you know, and never make it out alive. Ugh, I know. It's going to be a long day at the office tomorrow waiting for that game to start. It is a grind, I tell you what. <laughs> I'm going down, though. I'm planning. I'm going tomorrow and Friday. Ooh, both games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, uh, I lucked out. I don't know why exactly, but the Indians sent out this thing. So the public sale was last Friday, mm-hmm. and they sent out a thing to me on Thursday at like 9 in the morning. It said, uh, hey, you have like a pre-sale thing available at 10 o'clock here. So a day early, like if you want to go on and buy some, so I'm like, really? Okay, I'll go check it out. And sure enough, I was able to score like standing room only tickets for all three games. And I was like, well, I don't, I don't really know why they gave me this, but I, I do believe I will take it. Did um, you get game five if needed? I did. Yeah, okay. I got all three games. Wow. Uh, yeah, and they were only like, uh, they were just like 50 bucks a piece, so not too bad. Okay. Just a little steep for standing room only, but uh, if you're in there, you're in there. That's, That's all that right. matters. Oh, that's uh, that's not a bad deal at all. Yeah, no, not at all. I was a little, like, I don't know why, and I didn't, I don't know anyone else that got the email or that that got in on this thing. But hey, I'll take it. They're legit. You're 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 good to go. So <laughs> yeah, so they had, they had the big crackdown. They said, you know, if you're not buying them from the team, then uh, your only other option is StubHub, and if you buy it buy your tickets anywhere else on the secondary market, they might not work. I also think they may have changed the limits on how many season ticket holders could buy. I think you might have just been able to buy one per seat. Like mm. one per seat you had a season ticket for, which is a, a welcome change. Yeah. That was a big that was a big mistake last year was letting anybody, no matter how many seats you get, buy six. Yeah, because then you get a bunch of stuff put on the resale market. A bunch of people are yeah, buying two and selling four. Then you've got 40% of your stadium with Cubs fans. And... Uh, yeah. 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 Mm. Sounds a no good sons of bitches. <laughs> All right, my man. I think uh, I think that'll about do it. Have uh, have fun down there. Bring home a winner for us. Will do. All right. Well. For those of you listening, uh, go catch up on all of our old episodes on our website, thenailpodcast.com. Subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts uh, for you uh, iPhone users. By the way, I have you upgraded to iOS 11? Yeah, don't do it. I've not, and I, I'm I'm hearing that. I've heard that the the podcast app on there is a hot mess now, which was very upsetting to me. Yeah, they um. I haven't looked specifically at that, but my battery life has been in the shit or something. I upgraded. Mm. Like terrible. Yeah, I, so, got, I got battery issues as it is, so that you're, you're not doing anything to change my mind here about sticking with iOS 10. Yeah, so I would hold off at least until I would wait till the next patch comes out and see what happens. Uh, get feedback on that because it sucked because I, I waited a couple days. I was like, all right, I haven't seen anything too bad about it, so I went and downloaded it and literally like an hour after I saw all these people complaining about iOS battery life on Twitter and stuff. I was like, damn it. Well, yeah. they got me. <laughs> not good for business. Not good for anyone. No. So while all of you iPhone users are out there waiting for the patch to come save your battery, go subscribe to our show um, before your battery dies, and uh, we will appreciate your uh, your patronage. Um, Android users, we're on uh, Google Play, and uh, if you like the Stitcher podcast listening app, we're on there as well. Uh, go like our Facebook page, 
Facebook.com slash The Nail Podcast. Uh, it's about time we put up some more articles. I'll, I'll try to go find some good uh, Indians hype videos or maybe some preview articles. Try to get something up there before uh, game one here on Thursday. But uh, we always like trying to put some fun stuff up on there as well. Yeah, there's lots of stuff out there. Yeah. So, all right. Well, I think that will about do it for us. We will be back next week, probably after the division series is over, I'm guessing, right? Most likely, because game five would be Wednesday. Yeah. So, I doubt we'll do one on Tuesday. So, yeah, we'll probably do something next Thursday, I would guess. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, because we'll know who we're playing at that point, too. I like the way you think. boy. <laughs> All right. So for Travis Yuli, I'm Tom Valentino. Let's put the nail in the coffin. We will talk to you again next week. Roll Tribe. Hit Pass Moto, sponsored by Moto America, is the show that keeps you up to speed on the latest in motorcycling and brings the biggest names in motorcycle racing right to you. From candid interviews with the top names in racing to providing insights into the trends and trendsetters driving the motorcycle industry, we have you covered. New episodes are available every Thursday at pitpassmoto.com and on your favorite podcast app. Ride on!